little uh, new, new series um, titled From Dream to Destiny, Charting Your Future. And a lot of times when you hear the word destiny, you just let it go over your head, right? For many, the word destiny, it takes their minds. When I say the word destiny, they don't think of themselves. You don't, you don't, you don't think of yourselves. Your, your minds go to people in history like George Washington, you know, maybe William Wallace, Braveheart, right? Huh? Rosa Parks, Neil Armstrong, you know, these, these people that did these wonderful, wonderful things in history, and it seemed like they had a divine destiny on, by God to change our world. Maybe if you're spiritual, you're, 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 your mind goes to Abraham to be a father of, a, of, many, of a many nations, right? Of Moses, David, Joshua, John the Baptist, Jesus had a divine destiny, right? Peter, John, and Paul, right? But a lot of times, it just takes us to a galaxy far, far away. It's only, it's only in the movies that people have destiny, right? That someone is born for a particular moment in time to defeat evil and bring good and harmony to the, gal- to the galaxy. Very few people think about their destiny. Very few people, when I say the word destiny, think of themselves. Do you? When was the last time you talked about your destiny? When's the last time you discussed it over dinner with your family or with your friends? When's the last time you got together with your friends and you talked about your destiny? Truth is, in our culture, the word destiny, it isn't used very much. It seems to be something that is beyond us. But whether you acknowledge it or not, destiny is real. Everyday people, just like you, are living out their destiny all around the world every day. Here's the problem. We take destiny, the word destiny, and we kind of romanticize it. We make it big. We make it mystical, right? So let's take this big mystical word and make it simple. From now on, when you hear the word destiny, I want you to interpret it as destination. You all have a destination. You have a place that you're going to in the future. You're going somewhere right now. We all have a destination. So if we all have a destination, we all have a destiny. The question is, are we wasting our time dreaming or are we deliberately charting our destiny? Charting your desired destination. What your future will be. 
Because we are all on the road of life, and here's the interesting thing about the road of life. The road of life doesn't move. You do. You're going somewhere. And if you do not like the scenery, you have to do something about what you're seeing. The road of life isn't going to take you just certain places. You have to choose which way you're going to go. Right? If you come to a fork in the road, pick it up. You never know when you need a fork. But you choose the direction that you're going to go. Right? If you don't like your scenery, it's up to us to move. And this, this series came out of this following idea. Tell, tell me if this speaks to you as it spoke to me. If, you, if your memories are bigger than your dreams, you have already begun to die. How many, how, how, how many in the church talk more about what God did in a time gone by than they talk about what God is doing now? How many are thinking of things and wasting their time thinking about the past, whether good or bad? You can be stuck in the past thinking of negative things that happened to you and, and not thinking about your future. If we're honest, this, this, is, this can vex us all. We can, we can allow our memories to have more power over us than our dreams and our destination of where God is wanting to take us. When you no longer focus on the destiny of your marriage, guess what's going to happen? It's going to die. I don't care how old you are. You can have vibrant, healthy, wonderful marriage no matter if you're celebrating your 50th anniversary or your 5th. But you have to choose it. The destination of your family. If you are not charting the destination of where your family is going to go, the legacy is going to be what they're going to stand for, what they're going to believe, what you're going to impart to them. It's dying. Of the future, if you're in business or, you're, or just your finances, if you, if you don't aren't looking and planning and have purpose in that area of your life, it's, it's going to die in your relationship with God. We're supposed to be going from faith to faith, grace to grace, glory to glory. What is your destination? What is your future in God? You know, I've went salmon fishing for quite a few years, in the, ri- in the, in the rivers particularly. And I don't know how it is in other states, but in Michigan, it seems like there's more fishermen on the, on the side of the bank than there are fish in the, in the river. And uh, we used to talk about, call it the gauntlet. Can you imagine being a salmon? I mean, first of all, you're living free out in the, out in the Great Lakes, or if you're an ocean-run salmon, you're out in the ocean in this great, huge Body of water, you can go dive deep, there's safety, all this thing, and all of a sudden, there, something comes up in you 
of a destiny, right? And you're called to go back to the river from where you came. That's a miracle in itself. That every single salmon goes back to spawn in the exact same river they were born in. How in the world do they find that? Well, anyways, they, they go back and all of a sudden things have changed. You're no longer in this body of water. You're now in a moving stream of water and you have to go upstream. See, that's the thing about destiny. That's the thing about where you need to go. It, there's gonna, there's gonna, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard. The things, the most things that are most worth it in life are hard. You know, some of the best stories that you tell are when life was hard. You know, you hardly ever talk about how wonderful a roller coaster was years later. But you talk about things that were so hard, so difficult, and now you look back on them and they were, it was awesome. But when you're in it, it doesn't seem awesome, does it? But I'm just here to tell you, life is hard. Especially when you have a destiny. And when you get into that river, you're going upstream and there's boulders, there's, there's, now, there's nowhere to hide, there's eagles and offspray that can come down and get you from the top. There's competition amongst other fish going forward. Then you get up to where the crazy fishermen are. And I'm telling you, it's a gauntlet. You've got hooks and lures and things you have to get around. Then there's waterfalls you have to climb. All of these things to get to the end, to your destination. To get to your destination, especially the destination that God has for you, is going to be difficult. But the good news, the good news is that there's grace. There's grace. God can take the difficulty, difficult things of life and make them seem easy, make them seem simple. That people can look at you and see you move through the obstacles of life to get to where God has taken you. And tell me if, this is, if, if you thought this before. Well, that person, God just must like them more than others. Why? Because there's a grace on them. Why? Because they're stepping out in faith and doing the hard things, the difficult things, trusting God and allowing His grace to take up where they're in their weakness, in their lack of strength. And I'm telling you, that grace is available for each one of us here. When we step out to where God is calling us, to the, to the destination that God is leading us to, there will be a grace upon you. And in the midst of hardships, in the midst of difficulties, in the midst of competition, in the midst of all these things, His grace will sustain you. It will propel you. and it will, it will make it look easy. You'll be that person that people are standing around saying, well, God must just like them more than others. You know, only dead fish float downstream. Only dead fish float downstream. So the question is, is do you spend more time daydreaming on your memories or 
charting your future, charting your destiny. You know, in, in Psalm 16, 11, it says, You have made known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. Who, who wants some fullness of joy? At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. God has a destiny for each one of us. He has a plan and a future. The prophet Jeremiah tells us in chapter 29, verse 11, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for your welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. God is for you. He's not against you. God is for you. He's not against you. You need to believe that in the core of who you are. That my Father, my Heavenly Father is not against me. He's for me. He has a plan for me. He wants me to hope. It's for my welfare that I was created. But although that this is true, know this. Just because God has a path for your life, just because He has a destiny, he, that, he got, got, uh, that God has a desired end for your life, doesn't mean it will just automatically come to pass. When Jeremiah said this to Israel, he was saying, this is what God has for you. Now will you follow God? It was a deliberate choice that they had to make. And the same thing is true for us. Will you follow God? You know, I wasn't going to say this, but it came to my remembrance, so it's either God or not. not. I don't know, you, just, you decide. I was listening to a gentleman, and, and he was talking about people that, um, the three things that cause people not to be successful in life. Three things. There's only three things. Praise the Lord. Can you hit me three things? And he says, I'm going to give them to you in the order of highest percentage of people that he believes. Or low, excuse me. The lowest percentage of people to the highest percentage of people. The first percentage of people are those that are ignorant. They're not, they're not smart enough to succeed. And he says that there's about 5% in society that they're just not smart enough to succeed in life. The next one is 25%. And he says those 25% are lazy. They're just lazy. So they're not going to succeed because they're lazy. And he says the number one reason people do not succeed in life which makes up 70%, correct, is they're prideful. They're prideful. And fear is a form of pride. But they're prideful. He says, I can't believe how people are so prideful. This guy is a billionaire. And he says, and I, I, I tell people what they need to do to succeed. And they're not succeeding. And I'm a billionaire. And I tell them what they need to do to succeed. And you know what they say to me? Yeah, but I like to do it this way. You know, Christians are the same way. We have the God of the universe telling us what we need to do to succeed. Telling us how He has a plan for us. He, has well, he wants welfare for us. It's not for evil. It's for a future. And for, it's for hope. 
And he's saying, this is how you need to live. This is what you need to do. And we say, yeah, but I like to do it this way. I think that guy's absolutely right. Your problem isn't that you don't know how to succeed. For most of you, your problem isn't that you're lazy. The problem is that we're just too prideful and we want to do life our way instead of listening to our Heavenly Father, the Creator of all things, and aligning our life with Him and to see success. And then we say stuff, well, that it, God just likes that person better. You ever think that maybe the reason the person is succeeding in life, maybe the, why, the reason why he, his marriage is working, maybe the reason his kids don't hate him, is because he's doing it God's way? Get the pride out. Humble yourself before the Almighty, and He will exalt you. Understand this. Putting Jeremiah up on the refrigerator does not make it so. You can confess this Scripture. I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Plans for your welfare, not for evil. To give you a future and hope. You can say it over and over. You can say it till, till you collapse. It, do, it does not make it come to pass. It makes it so when you deliberately receive it by faith and choose to chart your future, charting Charting on a map, do you understand what that is? That's showing points of how you're going to get to a destination. You're deliberately thinking in your mind, this is what I need to do to get to where God is taking me. And, and God has a plan for your, for your life. And you deliberately chart your future and you start walking out God's plan for your life by faith. And that faith, by walking that out by faith, it moves your dream into destiny to a desired destination say with me I have free will I can choose I am the architect of my life you are exactly who you said you will be You have free will, you have choices that you make that will determine your future. And that puts you in the driver's seat. Now it's true, there are some things we don't have choices on. You don't have choice in the car that, you, that you're driving. You don't have choice in the body who, who you are. Right? You don't have choices, you, don't have a, you didn't have a choice in the family that you were born into. But that your family had choices We don't, there's certain things that we don't have choices. We, we don't have choices in the town that, we're, that we were born into. Or, or our social status that we were born into. It's true that there are things that we don't have choices over. But despite those things you did not have control over, you still have power, praise the Lord. Listen to me. You still have power over your life despite the things that you did not ha weren't able to choose. 
because you still have free will. You still have choice. One of my most favorite, favorite uh, um, stories was on an arranged marriage. How do you guys like that? How would you like to have an arranged marriage? Well, anyways, there's this arranged marriage. I'll make this quick. And they had never met. The, the, the young lady and the, the man had never met before. And the young man thought, you know what? I'm going to try to start up a dialogue, try to get to know each other before our marriage day. They weren't going to see each other until the day they got married. And so he starts writing her letters. And he send, sends her letters. And all of a sudden, all his letters come back unopened with a ribbon around them and a note in them. And the note says, when I came into this world, I had no choice in who my parents would be. I had no choice on who my siblings would be. I had no choice in who my grandpa and my grandma would be. Know this. I love my father and my mother. I love my brothers and my sisters. I love my grandparents. Even though I had no choice in who they would be. And I have no choice in the man that I will marry. But I will love you too. You can choose. You can choose your life, even if there are certain aspects of your life that you did not choose, even if there are certain aspects of your life that didn't go the way that you would like them to go, even though that there's hard things and hurtful things in your life, you can choose today. There are events that happen which <clears throat> might put you in the right place at the right time. Those are God moments. Do you know that there's God-ordained moments for you in life where by His grace He puts you in the right place at the right time? But if you have not thought through your destiny, if you are not thinking about where God is taking you, you can be in the right moment at the right time and nothing's going to happen because you're not ready for it. I think there's going to be many times that we will see when, we, when, when the book is open and we have revelation of all things, we're going to see how many times God showed up in our lives. And because of pride, because of laziness, because, because of just being distracted by things that don't matter in life. We miss divine moments that God was trying to propel us into that good future that he had planned for us. We have to be deliberate in our thinking. We have to be prepared for those God moments. We have to be prepared. We, we should be expecting them. We should, we, when we're walking into certain situations, when you meet somebody new, you should say, God, have you put this person in my life for, for a reason? Sometimes it's for you to bless them, to speak into their life, to show them a better way. But other times God's bringing people into your life to transform who you are. 
to take you to where he'd have you go. Given, it should be given to you. Good measure pressed down shall men give into your bosoms. It's an exchange of humanity and God working in humanity to bring out his perfect plan in our lives. No one's a puppet. None, no one's a puppet. God created this earth, and the scripture tells us in Psalms 115 that he created this earth and he gave the earth to the children of men, which means you and me. God gave this earth to us. Why is the world like it is? If God is love, why is the world like it is? Well, look at your neighbor and ask, why is it like it is? We should be asking ourselves why it is the way it is. God gave you autonomy over your own self. Your world, you are the center of your world. He gave you choice to choose how you would live. He gave it to the children of Israel. Choose this day who you will serve. I put before you both life and death. Choose life. I loved God. Just in case you don't know which one to choose, I, I put before you life and death. And in case you don't know what to choose, choose life. That it may go well with you. God gives us choices. You have to take ownership of what's yours or you'll lose it. Your choices you make will make the difference in your life. What do you allow yourself to believe? What do you allow yourself to believe? What do you allow yourself to believe about, about your future, your destiny? You know, the very first thing that God, one of the very first things that God asked Adam was, who told you you were naked? They said, he goes, you were, we're hiding because we're naked. And God says, who told you that? See, a lot of you are, feel shame, and a lot of you feel inadequate, and a lot of us feel like unworthy, just like we're naked hiding in the bushes. And God wants you to hear right now, who told you that? Who told you that you ha you ha your future has to be dark? Who told you that you don't have a plan and a destiny created by your Creator, your Father God? Who told you? Who told you that you're unworthy? Who told you that you're shameful? Who told you? What do you believe? There are things that I said today that a lot of people have a hard time with because of the way that they believe. You need to learn to take those God-given thoughts, those God ideas, those concepts that God gives you, those dreams that make you feel passionate, those things that are worthy of pursuing. Well, Chad, what happens if it fails? Well, praise God! If it fails, guess what? You know one way that it doesn't work. You know not to do it that way again. Take a mulligan. You know, guys don't know what a mulligan is? When you're golfing, you get, and you shank one out in the woods, right? That's where I spend most of my time, out in the woods. And if someone is nice and has grace, they say, hey, just take a mulligan. 
That means a do-over. You know, sometimes when you're in a scramble or something like that, each team gets, everybody gets a mulligan, right? It's just like a grace thing. I've been golfing with some people, and they just take mulligan after mulligan after mulligan. Mulligan, right? And I said, hey, I don't play, I'm not playing against you. I'm playing against myself. But God gives mulligans. If something doesn't work out right in your life, and you're, listen, the, the unjust stewards, go, you need to read that the over and over again. This, he's talking about life here. The unjust steward. He, the, the master was not upset that the, that the unjust steward lost his money because he didn't lose the money. He was upset that he didn't take any risks to lose the money or to create gain. And a lot of us are not doing the things that God's called us to do because we're afraid of failure. And one of the greatest things you can do in failure is fail for the glory of God. You know, this didn't work, this didn't work out the way that I planned it to work out. But you know what? I really felt in the core of my being, this is what God was calling me to do. And you know what, God? I did it to your glory. That takes it all out. You know what, devil? You can't scare me out of my destiny. You can't scare me out of my future. You can't scare me out of what God is calling me to. Because even if I fail, I'm doing it for His glory. These are God's ways. These, these, these hopes, these dreams, these things that He puts in you that we were talking about. Those things that are worthy of pursuing in life. These are those things that God puts in you. It's His way of nudging you to fulfill His good plan for your life. Which is His will for our lives. You know, dreaming is wonderful. But doing is better. There's a saying, um, paralysis by analysis. And a lot of people get in the dream mode. They plan. Let's let's say you're getting into, you want to do investments into real estate or something like that. And what they'll do is they'll look at at a rental property or something and they'll run all the numbers, they'll do all the numbers and and the numbers look okay and, and, and then they find another piece of property and they run all the numbers and the num- yeah that looks like it's going to go good then they find another piece of property and they run all the numbers or and, and, and or they get this business idea oh that business idea that's so good and then there's well there's another business idea and and they're always analyzing life and they're par- they're paralyzed by their analysis they never take a step and do anything You gotta step out of the boat. You gotta take a leap of faith. You gotta trust God. You use wisdom, right? You do the analysis. But if it and if it looks good, move. Do. So many people are just paralyzed. They're always dreaming, but they're never doing. You know, daydreams can be fun, but they're nothing more than idle thoughts. 
And many people use daydreams to escape from life. But charting your future are thoughts that have purpose. They have direction. They tell you where you are in your journey and what direction to go to reach your destination. There are thoughts with intent. Thoughts that actually take you somewhere that you want to go. You know, a lot of people aim at nothing and they hit it every time. Failure to plan is what? Plan to fail. You may have a dream and destination in mind, but if you fail to chart out the steps to get you to that destination and then walk them out by faith and in partnership with God, you are only fooling yourself. You're nothing more like a child daydreaming their day away in school. But this is your life we're talking about. Not only your life, but those that you have responsibility for. You understand that? Your destiny is not just to be selfishly enjoyed. If you're a Christian, you're not living for yourself. First of all, you're living for God, but second of all, you're living for those that will follow in your footsteps. There are people that are watching you. There are people that you don't even know that are trusting God through watching you. You have grandchildren. You have children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren that are going to follow you in life. Where are you leading them? Charting your future is a spiritual concept. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. It says, The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. Are you a natural person or are you a spiritual person? See, a natural person looks at what God says is possible and thinks that's foolishness. Why? Because they're not spiritual. They have to be spiritually discerned. The spiritual person judges all things, but in him is himself to be judged by no one. For who has understood the mind of the Lord? Or who has instructed Him? But we have the mind of Christ. Paul tells us that spiritual things are foolish to those that only think naturally. Understand this. Our spirit can embrace our intellect. Your spirit, your born-again spirit, can embrace your soul. But your intellect cannot embrace your spirit. You can't think spiritually through the natural senses. But you can allow your spirit to influence your intellect, your soul, to affect the natural. You understand that? It takes the mind of Christ to think beyond the natural. When Holy Spirit comes to live in our hearts, we gain the ability to start thinking higher, to break free from old habits, praise the Lord, and start thinking new thoughts. Higher thoughts. When you, when you become embrace Jesus, when you become born again and you become a recreated, born again spirit, God literally, because of that choice that you made, God literally gives you new want-tos. 
He changes you from the inside out. Amen. And do you understand what we just read there? We just, under, we just read, you have the mind of Christ. You have the mind of Christ. So what is he thinking? What is he thinking about your life? What is he thinking about your family? What is he thinking about your marriage? What is he thinking about your job and, and your calling in life? What does Jesus think? You can't say that you don't know. You're just not allowing your spirit to speak to your intellect. Or maybe it is speaking. And you're choosing. It's too, it's too fearful. Why? Because you don't believe God's. You're worthy for God to take you into a good place. You don't, you don't believe that the love that God has for you and how he wants to prosper you and give you success. He wants, to, he wants to prosper your marriage. He wants to prosper your family. In a, in a world where it seems like kids are just going nuts because of social media and, and just the attacks of the enemy and, 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 and the Babylon system that we live in. Your family can be secure on the rock of Jesus Christ. You have the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ is a mind full of faith. Things that might seem totally crazy in a natural way of thinking, miraculously come, miraculously, yeah, come to pass when we act it out in faith. Amen? No matter good or bad, no matter good or bad, it's time to put the past behind you. We'll talk about this more next week. The past never sees the future. You can't see the future when you're looking in the past. And so many people are living, trying to live their life. They're wanting their life to change, but they're constantly looking at their past. And you can't see where you're going when you're looking in a rearview mirror. If life seems min, min, mundane, dull, plain, monotonous, I use a thesaurus, can you tell? It's probably because you don't have any dreams or life goals. You are probably living on memories of what you've done in the past, and that's not good. You are failing to be a good steward of what God has given you. You are a steward of your life. He has given you a, a life. Remember Jesus called the servant that did nothing with, the mas with, with what the master has given him slothful? They call them wicked. It's a devil. Don't worry about it. Just ignore it. We have patience. He has no patience. It's me. No. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. Don't give up on life. There's more for you to do, to see, to experience. If you have breath, if you're still breathing, you have potential to see God-given dreams come to pass in your life. To leave a legacy to your children's children, 
In Proverbs 13.22, a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, but a sinner's wealth is laid up for the righteous. Don't give up on life. You can, ha- you can still have your thoughts charted to a desired destination. You can still get ideas. You can still act on those ideas, and you can still accomplish amazing things. It doesn't matter how old you are, you can be a visionary and you can act on these ideas, these dreams that God has put in your heart. Just think about Abraham. He didn't care about how old he was. God didn't even care. Didn't, God didn't, wasn't phased by how old Abraham was when he used him to bless the nations of the world. Caleb was 85 and he, when he said, give me the mountain that the Lord had promised to me as an inheritance for my children's children. It doesn't matter how old you are. Tell you the truth, we, have, we live in, in a generation that needs our elders to speak up and say, that is wrong. This is the way of life. Choose life. Do not choose death. Do you know what a generation is? It's the one you're living in. We like to separate everybody in different age brackets. This younger generation goes over here. The older generation goes here. The middle generation goes here. That's not the way of God. No. If you're living right now, we're all in the same generation. We're all one generation. Right now. And the older people have something to contribute to the younger people. And the younger people have something to contribute to the older people. Mostly to encourage you and get you excited about something. Give you energy. And the the middle people, they, they they, they, they they get encouraged by both. And really, they need to learn how to love their wife. They need to love their husband, how to raise their kids. How, how to live in, a, in, a, in a, gener- a wicked and perverse generation for righteousness. See, this is all part of destiny. A lot of people think, well, I'm never going to make a rocket ship. I'm never going to create a new exciting iPhone or some type of phone or some industrial leading. No, destiny doesn't have, you, you're, you're missing it. Where's your destination? Where are you going? And and who are you taking along with you? It can be as as simple as as raising a family to love God. It can be as simple as mentoring a young woman or a young man in, in a church body. Don't let anyone put you out to pastor. God sees your potential in you you still can have an impact on the future. Actually, our destiny doesn't ever end. Do you know that? One day, you'll just move from this life to the next. And then your life will just keep on going, praise God. You're never not going to have a destination. You're going to be... People think, well, when I get to heaven, then, oh, it's over. No, it's just begun. We get this idea that we're all going to get little wings and wear diapers and strum harps. No. There's a universe to explore. So 
So what happens if you, you do not have a dream of destiny, a desire, a destination for your life? Psalms 37 tells us, delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you the desire of your heart. This doesn't mean that the Lord will give you whatever you want. But it's saying that when you trust in the Lord, when, when, he, when you trust in the Lord, He will put His desires in your hearts. This is one of the simplest and most prevalent ways of receiving direction from the Lord. Just delight yourself in God. Enjoy God. Spend time with God. The word delight was translated from the Hebrew and it means to be soft or pliable. This goes back to that prideful thing, doesn't it? Is your heart soft and pliable to the voice of God for what God is calling you to? The desires that He is putting in your heart. This talks about speaking of having a soft or sensitive heart towards the Lord. We are to delight ourselves in the Lord. That's something you have to choose to do. This doesn't happen accidentally. That You have to purpose to do this. If you don't have a dream to chart your way into a destination for your life, seek the Lord. Ask Him to give you His desires for your life and then act on them by faith. His desire for your life is the best, best life you could possibly live. There are so many people that think that they get, they get riches, they get everything you could want in life, and they feel empty inside. Why? Because they're not doing what the Lord has called them to do. They still have a destiny that was written for them from the foundations of the earth. For some of you, you can't see past today, let alone see, see a divine destiny. You're concerned just with paying your bills, and hopefully having a little left over. Understand, that's part of your journey. And you have to get past. You have to start charting your thoughts on how do I get past just living for today? What are the steps? What are the things I need to do? What are the hard things that I must choose to do to move forward in the destiny that God has for me? Because what I said, life is hard. Jesus, Jesus told us that in this world, you will have tribulation. Chaplain Chuck told me that's not a promise. That's just an observation. Jesus isn't promising you tribulation. No, we live in a fallen world and the tribulation is here. But when you choose to do the hard things, the things that your flesh doesn't want to, the things that sometimes don't make sense, He says, be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. And in Christ Jesus, you can be a world overcomer in Him. There can be a grace that comes on you in the midst of tribulation, in the midst of hard things that make it look easy, look simple. How many of you guys have put something off? Have you ever put something off? And then finally, your wife finally makes you feel like you're not a man to the point where you finally, okay, I'm going to do it. No. But you just put it off, and then you finally do it. And then you get it done. And there's a sense of accomplishment, and you're thinking, why did I put that off? That was so simple. Well, there's things in life that you're putting life off because you think they're going to be hard. 
It's hard work to raise children. It's hard work to have a good to invest in your marriage. It's hard work to get up and go to work. But guess what? Do it by faith. Do it. Do it and say God's grace is upon me. This I know this isn't my destination. Because and, and then start charting, start saying what are the things that I need to do to move forward in life to where God is taking me. In Zechariah 4:10 it says, "Do not despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin." So many of us despise small beginnings. We don't want to start out small. If you're faithful with little, the Bible says, you can be trusted with much. These are training things. Not to prove to God that you're faithful. Not to prove to God that you're worthy. But to create your character. So when pressure comes from greater things, when you're moving forth, there's greater wealth moving through your fingers, there's greater temptations, all of these things. Most people, they can't be tempted with a lot of things in life because they don't have the money to do it. Most people are married right now because they don't want to lose half of what they own. You have to be faithful with what you have. So when those moments of greater damage can be done, and greater temptation, and greater breakage of things that you are involved in, and what other people are looking at you, you have people following you, all those things, that when those hard times come, you have the character to remain faithful, to remain vigilant, to remain righteous. All destinies begin with foundational responsibilities. We must show ourselves faithful with what we have if we are to be trusted with more. You know, some of, this is just very simple. And it spoke to me one day, so maybe it'll speak to you. A lot of people, man, I'd like to have a new car one day. I'd love to have a new car one day. And then you go look, at the, look inside the car they're driving, and there's McDonald's bags on the ground. Don't get offended with me. There's garbage in the car. Why, why should you have a new car? You don't take care of the car you have. If you're not faithful with what you have, why, why would you ever expect to have something better? It's the little things. It's the little foxes that spoil the vine. Take care of what God has given you. Why? Well, Ch Chad, you understand. It's not very good. But you are. <laughs> You're good. You're worthy. You're righteous. You're a prosperous man or woman. You're a child of the God. Act like it. If you have a family, your first responsibility is to them. To care for them. To provide for them. And that means get a job. Be diligent in your job. Put yourself in a place of promotion. For a lot of people, until you have a 
destiny and a dream and you know exactly where God's taking you, you need to help somebody else that, do, that does have a destiny and dream. If you don't have one yet, get around people that do. Help them achieve what they do. Where God has taken them. Sow into them. Help them. Be faithful to them. Jobs aren't just about trading time for, for money. It's about learning. Seeing how things work. Interacting with people. Having divine connections. I mean, my, my, my daughter was working at Subway one time. And this isn't a big deal. She was working at Subway, just doing it. And she had someone, I don't know, a management from Zenders or something from Frankie Moore. And just by working diligently there and them knowing her, she, they gave her, he gave her a business card and said, if you ever want to come work for me, call me. We talked her out of it because she'd have to drive all the way. To, we were living in Millington. She'd have to drive all the way to Franklin to do it. And, uh, but maybe we missed it. I don't know. But just by being there, if she wasn't working, she'd never had that opportunity. Even to make a choice in that opportunity. No one. I don't think someone's going to knock on the door while you're watching Netflix and say, I got this amazing opportunity for you. I, I know Publishers Clearing Houses says that they knock on doors, but they've never knocked on mine. Right? Opportunities happen where things are happening. And you need to get where things are happening. In Psalm 75 states, For promotion cometh neither from the east, nor from the west, nor from the south. But God is the judge. He putteth down one and setteth up another. The question is not if, if God is on your side, but are you on His? Do what you know to do. Live righteously. Dream big with, with God. Watch Him bring promotion. Dream so big that the devil never sees you coming. Do you realize that? That you can have faith. The devil's a flesh devil. He, he can't, the devil doesn't have faith. You can have faith so big that the devil won't ever see you coming because you're dreaming so big. Guide your family in the way of the Lord. Protect them from those that would do them harm, both physical and spiritual. Men, we got to be men. Toxic masculinity. Doesn't matter what they call you. You need to provide for your families. You need to protect your families, both spiritual and physical. There are, there are wolves out there that look, looking to rip your children and your family apart. Choose to do the hard things, the uncomfortable things, the things that must be done to move forward. Begin now. Start charting your future. What is the next step that God is telling you to take? Don't hesitate. Stop daydreaming and do it. If you are a believer, then you have 
been chosen by God to raise godly offsprings, to be light in the darkness, and a place for His glory to manifest. You are called literally to be a city on the hill so that all can see. Joel 3.14 says, Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. For the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. So many of us are just in a, in a place of decision or indecision. Not doing anything. Not, not choosing to move forward. It's time to get out of the valley of decision and into the high places the Lord wants to take you. It's time to start dreaming with God to allow Him to move in your life and be a blessing to the world and those around you. And stop just taking up room. Amen? Amen. This is for you, but this is for me. It's, it's time to, to, to move forward. Stop, stop looking in the rearview mirror and start moving forward where God has taken us. Amen? So this morning, there's two types of people in here. There are those that do not have a destination. They do not know where they're going in life. And, that there, and there are those that know where God is taking them. They know where they need to go, and they're on the path, they're on the journey to get to that destination. You're one of those two people. So we're going to pray. You've been listening to a message from Karis New Testament Church. For more information or to contact us, go to www.karis.com.